Hi everyone, it is Tuesday night around 11.43, February the 25th. This is Angela Maria with Talk It Up. And I wanted to have this segment dealing with a dyslexic author who's in one of my dyslexic groups and was offering a free copy of his book to anyone, you know, that messaged him. So I did. And so I'm going to dedicate this podcast to him. His name is William Manizares the Fourth. The name of his book is I Can't Read. And the can't is crossed out with a black mark. So it should be I Read. Is also an audio version available on Amazon. And it's a guide to success through failure. Uh, So I got this book maybe a week ago, and the packaging was really cool. He had a nice um, note in it and also a bookmark with some of, um, I believe, uh, let's see. The first one is, well, it says at the top in bold letters in red and black, three ways to take the word can't out of your life. And one is, can't, I'm sorry, turn. I can't into how I can. And two is see obstacles as opportunities. Three is short on time, question mark. Listen to audiobooks on the go. It says we cannot solve our problems with the level, with the same level of thinking that created them. That's Albert Einstein's quote. And the second quote is, A person who won't read has no advantage over one who can't read. And that's Mark Twain, both powerful. So the bookmark, like I said, is very nice. He gives his audio tag that you can scan, excuse me, for the audio version on Amazon. So the inside of the book reads, if not being able to read was a disease, it would be an epidemic. Millions of Americans can't read, but illiteracy often goes unacknowledged and unnoticed. If you are a parent or a teacher of a child who struggles with reading, you know the painful way that literacy steals from confidence, robs, and robs them of joy that comes from learning. William Manizares IV, a member of the Puyapul tribe in Washington State, wrote I Can't Read to give the literacy conversation a much-needed jump start. Excuse me. William, who grew up unable to read and later learned he had dyslexia, overcame obstacles and transformed himself into a successful serial entrepreneur. In this inspirational story, Wim shares tragic superpowers that work for him in the hopes it will improve literacy for who can't read. The book includes personal antidotes to inspire kids everywhere, especially young Native Americans, to pursue their dreams. So what I'm going to do is read you the introduction. And why I resonate with William after reading the introduction in the first chapter 
is I too began to discover when I was very young, um, I would say between um, eight and 10, that it was hard for me to retain what I would read in a classroom. I'd read it over and over and still was not getting it or would lose my place when other kids or the teacher would be reading out loud. So I'm going to share what he said in his introduction and then just discuss it a little bit. Okay, so here goes the introduction. And excuse my voice, I'm just getting over a cold. But it reads, BG had been living in a homeless shelter when when we met. One of my employees volunteered there. When BG found out where he worked, he began showing up to one of my businesses offering to help however he could. My employees gave him money or bought him things to eat, though he never expected anything in return. Excuse me. I hadn't heard about him until he came to it came to my attention that one of my employees abused his generous nature, taking advantage of him having him pick up garbage without offering him anything. I was less than happy with that fact. So the next day I introduced myself to BG. I liked him immediately and we got to know each other well. Never so well though, as on a short trip, road trip we took together. I'd rented a truck to move some equipment for one of my businesses and asked BG along with me along with another employee to help. During the drive, I told my employee about how I wanted to write a book for people with learning difficulties. I told him that I was bouncing around with the idea I can't read for a title. At that moment, BG piped up from the back seat. His eyes were lit up with excitement. I'd read that book, Will, he said, because I can't read. I was shocked. I decided to test him, not because I didn't believe him, but because I wanted to see exactly what he meant by saying he was unable to read, to see if he meant the same thing as it did to him. I pointed out street signs and billboards as we drove. He sounded them out, most with only a small amount of difficulty. When we approached by... We then approached a sign for a street named Warehouse Away. I knew people who could read who struggled to pronounce that one, even though he had to sound it out slowly and deliberately, he was able to say it. I was amazed. Whoa, wait a minute, I said. Who told you that you couldn't read? He talked about taking an aptitude test at a point in his life that had to do with his present situation. While the circumstances of that time aren't important, what is important are the results. He failed a standardized test that identified him as one of the millions of people in our country unable to read, even though he showed with the signs that he he clearly could. I told him so, but he didn't believe it. Or wouldn't. So I decided to tell him something else. 
there's a specific reading I'm writing. There's a, I'm sorry. There's a specific reading. (laughs) That's my dyslexia. (laughs) I'll try this again. There's a specific reason I'm writing this book. I said, he guessed that it was because I was a successful businessman who wanted to pass on that success to others. No, BG, I said, you can do that. You can do what I can't. You can see letters and use them to sound out words. I can't read. A shared struggle is the next part title. If you're reading this book, chances are you have someone in your life who has some kind of difficulty with reading. The problem is you might not know it. For whatever reason, those who can't read find ways to hide it. They avoid reading in public or event strategies to memorize words by sight. Anything to keep anyone from finding out the truth about their challenges. Maybe you know, but have struggled with how to help. Maybe you have reading difficulties too and don't know how to help your loved ones without first helping yourself. No matter who you are, no matter if these challenges are yours or belong to someone you care about, you probably feel alone. You might feel like no one understands how hard it is to watch your sons or daughters or partners suffer with this condition. You are not alone. I'm going to tell you the story of a young boy who discovered at an early age that he couldn't read. I'm going to tell you how he learned to reframe his condition and develop strategies well into adulthood that adulthood that turned him into a successful independent business owner he is today. I'm going to tell you about me. I'm going to tell you about my path of self-discovery in hopes that you will find inspiration in my struggle. I understand those feelings were fear, frustration, and embarrassment associated with literacy. I've experienced the frustration of looking at a word and having no idea what it, it, what it was. I've lived in fear having to read something in public setting or a classroom. I've been there. Not only that, I am here to tell you that with work, with a shift in mind frame about reading disabilities, success is possible. Next title in the introduction is, What Will You Learn? There is hope. There is hope because of technology. There is hope because of people who suffered reading disabilities before these advances in technology existence had a hand in creating them. You will learn the importance of refraining the struggle to learn in a positive light. You will learn how to see it as a superpower or a path to developing one instead of thinking it is a hindrance to your success. As a parent, you will learn how you must never make excuses for your child, neither for their disability nor for their avoiding the work it takes to overcome it. When you reveal their struggle, you will discover that you and your child aren't always supported. There will always be those who look down on their disability, both children and adults. 
not everyone is in and will be in an alley. I'm sorry. Again, another dyslexia. And that's why I wanted to read. For those that are listening and may be dyslexic or know someone of this, uh, that has dyslexia, um, I'm reading it, but my brain may decipher another word. Um, I said alley, but it's ally. So I read that last sentence again. Not everyone will be in ally, but I read it as alley. So just to show you some of um, the struggles, even after finding out at 18 at college that I was dyslexic, I'm 52. And although I flow well with my words, I might make a bump here and there. And that's the same way with language. I write, um, but I might misspell something, spell something backwards or leave something out. So I'm going to carry on. And realizing that you'll be able to take from this book how to be best team member possible to help them push through the difficult times and how to get them excited about reading by giving the act purpose. You'll learn all this from stories from my own personal journey, both the highs and the lows from my past challenges to the methods and tools I use to this day. Why now? It's the next title. From the second I told more than three people in my life my struggle, I have discovered a number of things. While many of them gave me the motivation to write this book, there is one that stands out more than any other. This last is the most important motivation of them all, but more on that of them all, but more on that later. So many who have shared a struggle with reading don't want to share their story. As a result, they they suffer alone. No more. When I reveal my truth to my employees, the reactions were not what I expected. Those results drove me to research the amount of illiteracy in our country and discover that it is as common if not more so than one of the worst diseases in history, was shocking to me. Worst of all, no one is talking about it in a real and personal way. No more. I decided to stand up for those who can't because they don't know how, or for those who won't because they think it's impossible. While I found solutions to my own disabilities, I have no more special. I am, I'm sorry, I am no more special than you, your child, or anyone who shares this challenge. Like I did, anyone with the willingness to put in the work can make reading easier. Sorry, turning the page. Okay, next title on this introductory. Be warned. If you bought this book expecting an academic review of why reading struggles are what they are and how they have gotten as bad as they have, then you should stop now. If you're looking for an in-depth explanation and examination of illiteracy in our country, you have come to the wrong place. This book is not about the root cause of reading disabilities. It is also not a quick fix. 
If you've purchased this book for someone in your life or for yourself, expecting that you will solve reading challenges overnight, you will be in for disappointment. I am no expert, and I don't claim to be one. The methods I have used to tackle my personal challenges have no scientific evidence stating they are the most effective or useful. However, they have proven effective for me, and I owe it to those who experience the same or similar struggles to share my story and strategies with them. This book is a story told through the eyes of one person who struggled and the people he met along the way who lived that struggle with him. It's for those who have difficulty reading to understand that it's like to live with these challenges and how to recognize in someone who might be hiding it from you. It's about helping you nurture your goals of a child and finding ways to help them achieve. Make no mistake, this will be a difficult journey, but because someone makes the decision to improve their reading doesn't mean things automatically get easier. You will struggle to understand your child's frustration, and it will be hard to control your own. You will test your patience as well as theirs. There will be low times and there will be tears. I know, though, that if this book can provide that one useful tool, one story that provides inspiration to take action, then the, promo- then the promise I made to finish this for you and those you love will be all worth it. Next, Tyler, where it all began. Every journey begins with the first step. Mine began in second grade. Let's take a step backwards into that time in my life so that we can move forward to the other side together. All right, so that is the end of the introduction. What do you guys think? What do you think? Everywhere you look, to your left, to your right, someone is dyslexic. It said and it has been stated statistical-wise that one in five is dyslexic in the world. So that's just kind of amazing to the normalcy that, especially in black country churches that we hear, turn to your neighbor and say, you know, something. Turn to your neighbor again and say something, either left or right. You get my drift. But if you turn to your left or turn to your right, two to three people on each side of you, uh, one is dyslexic. That's just incredible. So the book, again, the audio and the book um, is available on Amazon. Um, I link, I'll come back in and put a link for William Manzanares, the fourth book. Um, so that if you want to go and get it, or if I will tag him in it, not sure if he has a podcast, um, on anchor, but so far I'm loving it. I have already read some of, um, chapter I've read, well, actually I've read chapter one. So the next time that I come, I will bring you chapter one's part, but I didn't want, uh, this podcast to be long. Um, I am, a a dyslexic person I have a 
advocate for dyslexia. For those, again, as William had said in his book, uh, for those that are ashamed or embarrassed that don't know how to speak up. I have so many people that will do a gif or emoji or just say a three word, a three syllable word because they're too ashamed and afraid that they're going to misspell something wrong and be bullied and picked on. Not by kids. Oh my gosh, that'd be too easy to normal, but by grown a women, mostly women. I think that it is so petty and that it should be beneath anyone that is an, as an adult to um, bully or pick on someone because they may misspell things. I see things misspelled all the time. It might be one word, but people do make mistakes. And so if someone makes mistake versus someone that's dyslexia, I mean, that has dyslexia, I mean, like, really, I mean, is it is it that annoying for someone to see a misspelling in um, a, a caption or in a comment? It happens. And so once that had been done to me, when I first started blogging on Facebook and on social media, it shut me down for two weeks and I wouldn't blog. I wouldn't type. I was scared. I was embarrassed. I was shocked. I'd never had that happen. And then it being someone that I knew um, and for them to, you know, act that way on their page, I, I just was shocked that grown women act this way. But what the Lord allowed is that he laid back on my heart. Did I tell you to quit? Did I tell you to stop? If I didn't, then you get back out there and you do the work and you continue to be that voice. And I didn't know at the time that that's what he was doing was developing me and my strengths in that area to be an advocate for dyslexia. So... Here I am going into my fourth year, celebrated uh, anniversary number three, November the 10th of 2019. And I can't wait to see what more is coming in the future. I can't wait to bring you um, another chapter on next week. So thank you for listening. I hope you got something out of the book. I can't read the introductory. It is a guide to success through failure. William Manzana Rez the fourth. Again, it's on Amazon. There is an audio part. I will put it in the link. Thank you very much. And you guys have a wonderful day or night wherever you're listening from around the world. It's been Angela Maria with Talk It Up. And I will see you guys next time.